0: Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. I faced it all, and I stood tall, and did it my
1: way. Welcome once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program. Indefatigably striving to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm virtually sitting with Dallas elder law attorney, the Michael T. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? Of course, my middle initial is B, so I'm curious as to what you're, uh, what you're talking about, my middle initial being today, for standing for today. Well, today, there you go, is T, today. And talking about the issues of today, not yesterday, but also for Thursday, which is when your next workshop is. So we want to let everybody know, just going right out of the chute, that Thursday, January 28th at 1 o'clock, it's Michael's next workshop that is spearheaded by Michael, but you get to attend from the comforts of your own home. Can you talk a little bit about that workshop, Michael, so people can make a note of it now? Sure, it's a, just a free estate planning
2: essentials workshop. where you just ask people, just ask what they want to know. But mm-hmm. we'll see. And so we just answer the questions. We have a workshop and talks mm-hmm. about general estate planning. And, but but you never know what questions people are going to ask, and so. Uh, Anyway, it's a free State Planning Essentials Workshop, and uh, everybody's welcome to attend it. Uh, It's two hours, and you ask whatever questions you want to know uh, about state planning. Or it could be about Medicaid, which is today's topic. If you wanted to attend the next workshop, you would call 214-720-0102
1: or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com.
2: Excellent.
1: Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about... Medicaid, we're going to talk about a success story, uh, how you, in my opinion, pulled another rabbit out of the hat for a a client of yours. So let's discuss that first, Michael, and then we'll talk more about the workshop.
2: You know, I thought that this is kind of a lot of times most – well, let me put it this way. Most people do not have long-term care insurance, Mm -hmm. and most people don't have unlimited resources. They don't have a lot of resources they have. Some resources, but uh, they, uh, you know, people are living longer, and so Mm -hmm. there's the potential for disability. Mm -hmm. And Medicare does not cover or has very limited coverage. If you have a three day hospitalization stay, you may have 20 days full pay for rehab and an additional 80 days for copay that Medicare might cover. But if you don't have that, or if you, or after you've used that Medicare coverage up, then you have to start private paying.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: private pay the average facility and for a skilled nursing facility is about sixty-four to sixty-five hundred dollars a month, and in Dallas it's often um, higher than that, sometimes mm-hmm. over eight thousand dollars a month. Wow. And yet most people's income is far less than that. They have limited resources, so they end up having to private pay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a typical person might have, let's say, Social Security income of $1,500 and so, or somewhere around there, but it could be more. But whatever it is, it's generally less than the cost of care. So then you say, how am I going to pay? I need, And especially if there's a spouse, but, uh, but if there's uh, somebody that's single as well, that money is just going to be used and be depleted for the cost of care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times people plan to get the government to help pay for their care by planning for Medicaid. Okay. Medicaid, because Medicaid will, you, you give if you're single, you give up your income as your share, and then the government would subsidize the balance plus drug cost. So okay. that could be thousands of dollars in my savings. But you have to qualify. So then you have to say, well, what are the qualifications? Well, if you're single which is when you have very – you can protect a lot more when you're married. When you're married, sometimes people can protect hundreds of thousands of dollars because of federal laws to prevent spousal impoverishment. But we're going to talk about a situation where somebody single, uh, that, uh, uh, and then when you're single, there are three different financial criteria. Hmm. One is that your assets, your resources, can only be $2,000. $2,000? $2, yeah, $2,000. That's not income amount. There your, your assets have to be below $2,000. Now, goodness. oh my goodness, that's like nothing yeah. uh, as far as cash. Now, there are certain things that do not count when you apply, like your home. Uh, if, if you're single, the equity limit could be up to 603000 in year 2021. You could have one car regardless of value. You could have a pre need funeral contract. You could have your everyday living things. Uh, So there there are certain things, and there's a certain type of ability that also doesn't count. Mm -hmm. It's more of an income stream. Okay. Okay. So the first thing is other than excluded resources, also a resource essential for self. Support is not uh, accountable. There are a few other things. Uh, Mineral rights under $6,000 that generates a uh, return of uh, at least 6%. So there are a few different things that do not count uh, as a resource. But your cash, which includes the cash or value of any life insurance policy, interestingly enough, I should mention on an IRA, it depends on the IRA. So sometimes an IRA also doesn't count if you're on having required minimum distributions. But okay. on the cash itself, uh, let's say checking the savings, money markets, stocks, whatever, has to be below $2,000. Okay.
1: And before I forget, this is the state of Texas or federal?
2: This Well, it's kind of kind a of combination of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Medicaid is a joint program. It's a federal program administered by the state. So the rules do, there's a general set of guidelines, but... Every state does have their own rules to a certain degree. So, for example, on the IRA that I just mentioned, on the IRA, in some states it counts. In some states it doesn't count. Uh, and on the house that I, lim- I mentioned, $603,000 equity limit, that's in Texas, whereas if you're in California or New York, the it's going to be you know, probably closer to $900,000 because the cost of living, they have different uh, values the cost of living is, of course, uh, more expensive in those states than it is in Texas. So the equity limit there is different than it is here, as an example. All right. The second thing is that there's an income cap. So, not, so there's a difference between resources. I got $2,000 in my checking account. And income, income, typically Social Security or pension or an annuity that has been annuitized an annuity that's been annuitized, which means it's now an income stream that you can't cash it in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if that income in a, on a monthly basis, if your gross income, I say gross because on Social Security, usually you have a Medicare Part B premium taken out before it goes to the bank. If mm-hmm. your gross income is greater than $2,382 a month, then... Uh, there is ineligibility. Unless you do, typically we do what's called a qualified income trust, or also known as a Miller trust if you're old like me and mm-hmm. been around seeing it. Uh, I tell people I'm an elder elder law attorney. Uh, the, uh, so if your income exceeds that limit, You could do a certain type of trust where you just put your income into it alone. You don't put assets. It's not like you put a home or a car or cash or anything like that. It's just the income, that Social Security or pension.
1: Okay.
2: And the third and final financial criterion is if you make an uncompensated transfer, in other words, like a gift but not an affiliate gift, uh, in other words, if I had uh, an asset that I gave away within five years of applying, then the government says, oh, you did it on purpose to reduce your assets to get to 2000 so we would pay for the cost of care. Hmm. So it's an anti-fraud provision. Of course, I always uh, liken it to, I always say seniors have less rights than terrorists. That's my full okay. statement, okay. because okay. a senior, uh, if, if you're a terrorist, and let's say that terrorist is a member of uh, ISIS, mm-hmm. uh, and, they, and they kill somebody in the United States, then they might be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. However, if you make a gift to a child four years ago and had a stroke, or if you had gave to a, even a charitable organization, unless it was tithing, uh, and you can prove the tithing, uh, then the presumption is guilt. Mm-hmm. You gave to the charity, the presumption is guilt. You kill somebody, the presumption is innocent. Seniors have less rights than terrorists, is the bold statement. Well, right. yeah, so so if you make a gift, and, so, and a lot of people get confused because, you know, there's the gift tax laws. On the gift tax law, you give up to $15,000 a year per person without reporting to the IRS. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with Medicaid. Medicaid has an, it's an anti-fraud provision.
1: We think that people will reduce their assets so that we will pay for their care costs. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So it does. It's sad, uh, but we're paying for the sins of our predecessors. It sounds like, and I guess you really can't blame the government, can you? No, no, no. I mean I
2: don't blame blame them. It's an anti fraud mm-hmm. provision. People would do that all the time. But they if you know, the look back period has increased over time because mm-hmm. they say that people have been doing this. And when <laughs> I first started doing this, uh <laughs> when I first started dealing with Medicaid, it was a two year look back period. Oh, yeah. Then it went to thirty months, then it went to three years, then it went to three years on gifts and five years on trust. And now it's five years. And even a few years ago in Congress they were talking about making it a ten year look back oh, period. Mm-hmm. So if you make a un- an uncompensated transfer, so even if I have a car that was worth uh, $15,000 and, and my grandchild paid me 1000 for it, uh, then that would be a $14,000 uncompensated transfer, and mm-hmm. that penalty would start from when you were otherwise eligible. That way, Remember we talked about on the financial side, you had to be below $2,000, mm-hmm. and you look at the first day of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Uh, if your income exceeds the limit of twenty three eighty two a month, then you have to put the income in the trust, uh, generally. Uh, and then the final thing is, if you, then the penalty would start if you applied, whenever the month is that you applied. So if you applied in January, that means that uh, you've ha- if you're uh, if you had made a transfer, then the penalty would start as of January first. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had income. And If your income was over the limit, you put an income trust, and you would have had to have been below $2,000 before January 1st for that transfer penalty to begin. So just mm-hmm. because you make a gift within five years doesn't mean that there's a five-year penalty. So right. they, look at the, um, they look at the amount of the gift, and then they determine how much the penalty is. So they how do they divide it? They divide it by the average cost of a nursing home in the state of Texas mm-hmm. into the amount of the uncompensated transfer. So if the average cost of a nursing home per month was, let's say, $6,000, mm-hmm. and and the person who applied had given away $60,000, that would obviously be 10 months of ineligibility starting from the month in which you apply and are otherwise eligible. So okay. if we said in our example of January, it would be 10 months from January 1.
1: Uh, I only 60000 under that exam. You know, Mike, it sounds right. You know, I I believe to give Caesar what is Caesar's, and if people are basically stealing from the federal government, then, you know, between you and me, I don't care if the look-back period is 50 years, because what's fair is fair. And, you know, this country owns trillions of dollars, and I don't know if we're ever going to pay any of that tech, um, and reduce our debt. So maybe this is uh, not in that direction.
2: Yeah, no, uh, look, there should be, you shouldn't be able to give away money so that the government would help pay for care costs. Right. However, you can plan for what you can't, there is planning that can be done for the, let's say, so that more assets are preserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that so that's going to be what we're going to be kind of talking a little bit about today. But you're right. Mm-hmm. But there are rules. On, so on the other hand, there are rules where what the government says you can do, mm-hmm. and and uh, and so you just as the attorney, if that's what somebody wants to do to preserve resources, then we have to do you know what the client, what's, whatever their goals might be, and right. so if it is asset preservation. Because they want to use that money for other care costs, and you have the government help out, then yes, uh, then there sometimes can be planning to help preserve what little they may have. Remember, on this case, uh, you know, uh, people generally—they're not going to be most of the time—they're not going to be extremely wealthy when you're giving away a lot of money uh, Mm -hmm. because they don't have that money to give. But uh, in the in the story that we'll tell today, they didn't have that much. They did make a gift, but we'll see how we could uh, we could deal with that issue so that the child. So in this case, if, they, if in our example, which we'll talk about in just a second, uh, there was a person who had the person who was going to apply had was being very nice, I guess you'd say, or maybe they had some diminished capacity, mm-hmm. and somebody took advantage of them. But uh, the bottom line is that they had made a uncompensated transfer. And of course, that person that they made the gift to can't pay it back. If you pay it back, then that undoes the penalty. So if I right. give you sixty thousand dollars, and then you gave me back that sixty thousand, it's no longer mm-hmm. a penalty. If I right. gave you sixty, and they gave, and you gave me back thirty, it would be a thirty thousand dollar penalty.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. makes perfect sense. And we're going to talk about that success story in a second. I do want everyone to know that of course Sarah and I met with Michael last week face to face in person that is not via Zoom with our masks on the entire time all three of us and and talked about our planning especially with the new administration and the new president uh, being inaugurated in January and um a new senate a new house with uh different players and so we're not really sure what, what to know but Michael is our living guardrail well go- uh, just sets up the guardrails for us and You know, as you were talking, you make me think of a map, Mike, and you lay out all these different avenues that we can take, and you're just the guardrail, or you lay out the guardrails for us. We just choose whichever one we want to go down based on our priorities and financial situation, and thank God for you. And and that's why you have these workshops, so people can ask questions, and you can uh, preliminarily give them some answers. But, of course, then the key is to meet with you in that face-to-face vision meeting whether that's in person or via Zoom or even on a telephone and uh, you've been doing these workshops for years and years now and I just find them to be invaluable as is the vision meeting. What do you think?
2: Well, I hope that they're invaluable. We've been, I think that they have been valuable because mm-hmm. they, um, we've been doing them for years mm-hmm. and if they weren't popular uh, we wouldn't do them. Right. So we, <laughs> we've been doing, we do them generally every couple of weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one uh, is January twenty eighth? I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier at uh, uh, at one o'clock. That's this coming mm-hmm. Thursday at, at at one o'clock. Right. Uh, the uh, what we do is we just say what is it you want to know. Of course, when we when when y'all talked I'm although I'm not getting specifics so of what y'all talked about. Obviously, uh, it had nothing to do with the game. It, uh, the right. everybody's planning, just like you said, is it's everything is whatever whatever your goals are. Mm-hmm. Your goal. Somebody else's goals might be uh, tax issues, or some people's goals might be credit protection. Some people's goals might be uh, charitable giving. Some people's goals might be uh, uh, concern about their spouse remarrying. Some people's goals might be protection of their family mm-hmm. from uh, either lawsuits or bad marriages or spouses or spouses remarrying. Some people might be. Uh, uh, having a problem with uh, uh, some a disabled child. Some people might have... Yeah, it, it, the list goes on.
1: You yeah. know? And it never ends, and there's so many variables out there. Relationships change, laws change, presidents change, uh, but what doesn't change is that this is an invaluable two hours that you can attend from the comfort of your own home because Michael does them via Zoom. So sign up for Michael's next workshop, which is Thursday, January 28th, so it's coming up. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, Dallas Elder, E-L-D-E-R, com, and then two clicks, uh, and you're there for the Zoom call, which will be on the 28th of January. So, Michael, uh, we got about seven minutes left. Tell us about the success story related to what you just told us prior to uh, the workshop promotion.
2: Yeah, so in this case, the... Um, let's uh, to make it simple on the math. Let's say that the applicant, potential applicant, had given away sixty thousand dollars. so I used that amount before, and let's say that they had sixty thousand dollars left. Okay. And let's say that um, so now there's this penalty for ten months if okay. if if the divisor was six thousand sure. dollars. Sure. Now really. To, just to let you know, the exact amount is two hundred thirteen dollars and seventy-one cents a day. Okay. So it comes out. But who, you know, right. but to make it simple, uh, you divide the average cost of the nursing home. In mm-hmm. our example, for simplicity's mm-hmm. sake, we're saying six thousand into the amount of the uncompensated transfer. In our example, sixty thousand. That'd be ten months. Mm-hmm. Now let's say that the person actually had had zero income. They had no social security, no pension. Uh, nothing, uh, which is not going to be the case.
1: Right.
2: Well, remember we talked about there are certain things that do not count. Certain things that do not count. So one of the things that i mentioned is that there's a certain type of Medicaid compliant annuity. Now, if the child or whoever that is that gets the money can't give it back. So that was a penalty. Um, how can we get if I if the penalty doesn't start? Remember, until you otherwise are otherwise eligible. If mm-hmm. I just spend my money until I get down to two thousand dollars, then that ten month penalty is not going to start until ten months from now, and then there who's gonna, how are you going to pay for it? Right. How's, so, here a simple example would be that you buy this certain type of annuity that pays. In our example, $6,000 a month for 10 months. Mm -hmm. So you buy a 10-month annuity that pays $6,000 a month. You would have to do that qualified income trust. Remember we said that if your income exceeds um, $2,382 a month, that you would have to create a qualified income trust. So here uh, you put the, let's say, the annuity into that trust. You apply for Medicaid. Tell them about. Of course, you always tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. Tell them about the uh, uh, the gift, and then you show them the annuity that complies with the rules. And so now, the child or whoever the relative that gets the money, uh, who didn't have the money, they've already spent it probably. Uh, that they didn't have, they they didn't have to give it back because the annuity expired at the same time as the transfer penalty. Oh. So so you see, we calculate the – now, really, what ends up happening is that people have Social Security or a pension, and so there's actually – you save more than 50%. In this case, you basically uh, – uh, usually you save 50% of more of the money if you had planned, if there hadn't been a gift. Uh, so uh, if, if you had zero income, and most people have Social Security or pension income, uh, then, uh, so you're going to actually end up saving more money uh, if you had, let's say, we're, let's say there hadn't been a gift that they wanted to transfer money because we needed more money to take care of other, let's say, cost of taxes on the home or something like that. Uh, then, remember, we talked about the home not counting as a resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's insurance and taxes or something that need to be taken care of or some other type of debt or whatever. Uh, but the um, uh, so usually you could plan and save even more even if you hadn't made the gift before there are ways to do some transfer planning if that is what the goal is. So in this example, the child in, in this example, if we had not done anything, the penalty would not have started till you're below two thousand, and then that penalty would have been 10 months here, The penalty starts immediately, but the child or whoever the relative is that had received the money uh, would not have to find ways to get the money back uh, to the applicant because the applicant's own money was put into something that was exempt that helped pay for cost of care until the transfer penalty expired.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant solution. That's really great. I bet your client was awfully happy to hear that. Yeah,
2: they are. I mean, but, you know, there's – now, there are other things. Let's say you have too much. Uh, you had, Let's say there was more money than mm-hmm. that $60,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you did that, then what you could do is you could convert the assets into things that do not count, just like bankruptcy law. So right. if you owed a mortgage on the home, uh, obviously they, the home didn't count, but you got this debt. So you might mm-hmm. reduce the mortgage or make improvements to the house or uh, pay off the car loan if there's a car loan or... Make them, or make repairs, or pay the insurance on the car, mm-hmm. or you know, there are different. So, or take care of a funeral. Government says we don't want to pay for the cost of your funeral, so if you pay for it in advance, because remember, if you're a pauper, the government may end up paying for care. I mean, paying for that uh, funeral. So, uh, so the government basically encourages you to take care of your funeral. Uh, plus your, which includes not your funeral, but your casket, your marker, opening, close the grave, perpetual care, fault, liner, niche, mausoleum, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing. Uh, And you can actually even own burial spaces for your children, children's spouses, uh, as well as as siblings or parents. uh, Usually it's uh, the parent that's the uh, one that's the applicant. It's usually somebody that's older. This is on Mm -hmm. long-term care. By, By the way, there is another Medicaid program at home, And that gift and annuity thing would not work on the Star Plus Medicaid program.
1: I should tell you, there's
2: 109 Medicaid programs, each with their own (laughs) rules. And I don't don't think we're going to have time to go over those today. No,
1: no, I don't think so. With only two minutes (laughs) left, you're exactly right. But the point of all of this, for everyone listening, is that there are... Uh, special and creative ways to skin the cat but you're not going to find them necessarily at LegalZoom, you're not going to find them at Medicaid.gov, you're not going to find them necessarily online but you will find them more likely than not or very likely if you attend Michael's next workshop so I highly admonish you to do that and you never have to leave the house for it and it's Thursday January the 28th at 1 o'clock go to DallasElderLawyer.com, it's a Zoom call a couple clicks and you're there. You can be there via audio if you don't want to see or be seen, or visual if you want to. Again, DallasElderlawyer.com or dial 214 720 102 214 720 Again, Michael, a brilliant solution. I know that client as as well as hundreds of others are extremely happy with your craftiness, your creativity. Uh, your intelligence. uh, I know Sarah and I are. And thank you for all that you do for them, and you've done for our listeners for all these years. And we look forward to next week's program. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Don.
0: 7200102 That's 2147200102 A talk show host on 770kwam for 6 years Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today